Well, this is episode 114 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey. My name is Ted Sovan. He's Wacey Anderson. He's wearing his sunglasses in the daytime, and he's inside. Uh, I quizzed him on it earlier, and he said he, he will not remove the sunglasses uh, because they are prescription. They're prescription, exactly. As a, as a, when I was at, with, the, with Corb at the hockey game in Vegas, he put his sunglasses on. He's like, I'm not trying to be a douche. There's prescriptions so I can see better. <laughs> well, you, you know you know the uh, the saying that it's always sunny in Doucheville. So, always sunny wow. in Doucheville. Man, one of the best Snapchats I ever took in my whole life. This is, and this was before you could save Snapchats. We were in, it was during the FCA finals in Red Deer, and we go to Denny's. Yeah. And Buddy is wearing sunglasses in, in Denny's having his breakfast. So take yeah. a picture of him and I put like, he must order the sunny side up as the caption on it. Oh, fuck. It's pretty good. <laughs> to this day. I wish I had proof of it because it's such, it's such a good Snapchat, but I just I can, can't find her anymore. It's so funny though. Um, and uh, there's a lot of stuff to unpack this week. So, so <laughs> oh, there is. oh man, I'm just trying to think of it. Well, so you're wearing your sunglasses. It's Sunday. It's Sunday afternoon. It's already 1.30, but oh. you were... You were uh, in, Kelowna in Kelowna this weekend. Just got off the pretty much just got off the plane. Just Came got straight home. to visit. Yeah. And and I mean so, just literally just walked through the door, set my computer up and sat down. That's that's how yeah. my days went so far. Yeah. So so uh, you're at the at a event out there and uh, the Altitudes Music Festival. As, as Wacey, uh what would I say? As Wacy is not quite he's working, he's getting better at travel, but he's not really a veteran traveler yet. So he booked the uh the nine AM or out of Kelowna. After the party the night before, not mm-hmm. maybe the best idea looking no, back. Was it like, so yes, and it was good. Yes. But also bad at the same time. You know what I mean? It was good because yeah. we're obviously home at one o'clock in the afternoons, yeah. uh, but getting up at that 6 30 AM alarm was very early for me. Cause well, cause we, you left there I, at I don't like, think like 10 AM local time. Yeah. Yeah. We got, I reboarded at 10, 10 and left. Oh, at geez. You had to be at the airport at eight 30. Yeah, we got there oh, at 30. It was, really, it was rough. Yeah, but. that's a rough one. That's yeah, we woke up. We were moving pretty slow this morning. I think we'd been shuttered down to like 3 a.m. last night. Right on. I woke up still in my ski suit. <laughs> still in your ski suit? Where did you guys show, stay out so, there? Oh, so yeah. Well, tell we, us the story. Give us a lowdown. Yeah, I'll give you guys a rundown. So me and a bunch of pals went to the Altitudes Music Festival. Are they a sponsor? Big White. I've heard their name a few times already. Are they a sponsor? Of what? Of the show. I wasn't sure. No, I'm just saying what. Are you saying what? Okay, I'm talking what the event was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, so yeah, we're at this music festival, um, and we stayed at the Chateau Big White, which is like right in the middle of the village. Like we were like it's probably expensive too, eh? I think it was like it was like a hundred hundred and fifty bucks a guy for the weekend. I think is what it worked out. Oh, to that me. ain't too bad. There's five of us, so in one room. In one, well, they had then the room slept ten. There was four bunk, two sets of bunk beds. Holy shit! Yeah, it was it was awesome, man. I mean, it was, my buddy my buddy colton hooked that one up good he, he made a good find yeah. there for us to stay we right literally on. were like across like we were like 10 steps away from snowshoe sands which is the bar okay that was party place so my one buddy got to meet the lead singer of the arkells and lights what? the other girl who was performing yeah no shit their party he's right he has a picture of max from the arkells wearing his pit vipers it's, it's really? awesome yeah it's oh, so that's good decent yeah they're apparently the good dudes i was i was off somewhere being rowdy but um so I missed that part of it, but yeah, we, we showed up on Friday, had a really good time. We put our snowsuits on, didn't like anytime we left the hotel room, we weren't, we were wearing our snowsuits. There's no other outfits we wore all weekend. Mm-hmm. So as I was telling you before we got on air here, I went like, it was one of the nicest ski resorts in Canada and I didn't even, didn't even strap the skis on once. Didn't even did you even take it. it? Did you take your shit or no, I, I was going to rent some. Oh, okay, it, was, it was just a hot, okay. it was just a hassle to bring my skis. Right. Yeah. It would have sucked. Um, and we had to check, we had to check two bags to haul the ski suits though. Cause we brought six ski suits with us. Oh geez. Yeah. So we, uh, so whatever well, there's five kinda, of you 
There was six. So five. yeah, there's there's no there's a gal. Uh, one of my buddies who was with us, his girlfriend was there also. So we got to oh. her so suit. But anyways, yeah, it was sweet, man. They set it up like at Prey style. So the party started like noon and then they had like DJs playing and they had a couple bands. Like they had, the, I don't know if they're a local band or whatever, but they were rock. I can't remember what their name was. And then lights came on. She's really good. She's a good Canadian. What time? She, uh, it was like six, six 30. She went on. Oh geez. So there's DJs 45. all day. Yeah. It's all day. Yeah. We put in, like, I think we got down there at like 3 PM, put in a big oh, shift, but we met. Wow. So, so fun story. We met Soshu Sam. The guy who's named the bar, like okay. I think he's, he looks exactly like the guy who's like on the, the thing. But he's a, he's a local yes. guy, been at the resort for years. He's a rowdy. He, he the stories he was telling us were so funny, man. He apparently oh, wow. knows Chad Kroger and Avril Lavigne. And if oh, anybody really? saw my Twitter yesterday, I was live tweeting some of the stuff that he was saying. So go oh, back dear. and check that out. It was so funny. But anyways, did that, and then then your Kells came on at about eight thirty, and it was it was mad. Top five night of my life, guaranteed. Easy. Yeah. That was so much. It was so fun to be like in a big group of people singing songs and like i haven't seen the arkell since 2018 it's like four years and that and that, we were supposed to go originally when they announced the music festival like two years ago in 2020 before the pandemic hit so it was cool to like be there and then they sang they get a cover of uh gimme gimme by abba abba yeah it's like man which was insane like that you want to get people at an apre ski party going just bump some abba like it was yeah it was everybody was just like had their arms around each other were jumping around singing it it was so it was so fun. all right it was and hell, hell, hell. In Kelowna, it's probably not even cold. It's probably hardly even cold. Oh, it was like three Beautiful. degrees, man. Apparently, yeah. so a couple of the boys who just went skiing said it was unreal ski day. So I'm kind of sad and get on the slopes, but yeah, it was beautiful, <laughs> man. We I wore too busy a toque, and then I just yeah put my pay. I had a payphone costume on for the. Where'd you get that from? The costume shop in Calgary. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, they so they were of a song where they mentioned the payphone. Yeah. So I was walking around. And I was like, who, who the, the fuck, fuck uses, uses the payphone? payphone? As I kept saying, so, so it was, that, it was sweet. It, it was a super So did cool anyone event. use the payphone, or did you? Uh, oh, Alex, man. So at one point, at one out? point, we started a bonfire in the middle of the like at the oh. during the DJs were playing. So we like, actually oh. started a fire, but we like did a campfire. Oh yeah. Yes. Everybody was like, we were like the center of attention for like twenty five minutes. Now we we're just partying, dancing. It's like some chick like did the worm over our fire. People were jumping <laughs> it. Like it was, it was wild, man. It was super fun. Right it, was, it was legit like a top five day. It was, it was super Dang. fun. So you're going right back to sleep after this yeah oh yeah <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm, pimp, I'm gonna go pimp down for the rest of the day yeah um but yeah no it was a cool it was a cool trip man definitely i think we're gonna do make it an annual trip to the altitudes music festival okay i like Hell it yeah man that's great Super i fun. like it um and i guess it gets else? me even more fired up to see the arkells again in october when they're back in alberta oh what's that i thought it was supposed to be this month it was supposed to be in february but they oh, pushed but they shows pushed back to october okay yeah okay. so but i have tickets for the edmonton and the calgary shows so i'll be making the arkells road trip right on Glad you, uh, glad you had a fun time. Thanks, man. It was great. I got like, I went, we were selling Colton on the place, man. I wish I could go back and just relive the yesterday because it was so, it was like the perfect <laughs> party day. Like we just, what we woke, like we we're a little hungover, but we woke up kind of eased into the day, went and had lunch and then just parked at the bar for a bit. Like, about to, and like having the snowsuits on was such a good conversation starter. Everybody would talk to you or want to take pictures with you. At one point, I was like in our hotel room. I opened up the window, you could see down to the main street, and I was yelling at people, say, hey, your shoes untied. <laughs> I got the same guy twice oh, <laughs> walking, walking by our window. It was pretty, it's funny. Anyways, I can ramble on about it, but it was, it was a really cool experience. And our, people, people who know me, know, I love the Arkell. So it's good to see those guys rip it. Favorite band. They're my favorite band ever. Like hat bar none, like no competition. And even um, seeing them live again, this even like, Oh, unreal. Good. It took uh, me back. That took me back to my, my first weekend ever in Calgary. Cause remember I went to that music festival when I first moved into your place. Oh, that was like the, it was the X Fender. Oh, X Fest. Yeah, X Fest. Okay. Yeah, it was actually like just right where I've lived now, like just Fort Calgary. But that's the oh, first yeah. time I ever saw the Arkells live. Oh, and nice. I was like, man, these guys are deadly. 
And now I've, that was the fourth time I've seen them now. So they're, okay. they're awesome. They're good stuff. Good stuff. The, uh, the other thing though, is that I saw a couple random messages coming in on the cowboy shit channels and, I, and there was one from uh, a lady named ski bunny. So I wasn't sure what the, uh, what was going on. <laughs> oh, okay. So we met some folks uh, at the bar the night before and like they, they, they have like the guy has a cowboy shit hat. Like her, like oh, really? ski bunny's husband. Yeah. He's like, Oh really? I already had one. Yeah. So we're talking to him the night before and we're like, no he wasn't wearing it there but he has oh. it like because he he i told him about the podcast he's like oh yeah i got like a i got a cowboy shit at home was like is that your guys so like showed me a picture i was like yeah fucking right man that's that's us that's awesome so yeah they're 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 cool people too oh that's decent yeah right it was on. awesome man yeah so uh that's uh that's that i guess that's events are coming back uh hockey games have been back in full force and then we're done uh, hockey for the year we lost out yeah yeah our team sucks <laughs> uh we gotta get <laughs> I'm probably going to get oh. traded for a bag of pucks in the off season. Um, Wacy, Wacy, we had a, had a pretty rough goal. What, they scored 12 goals on you that game. I think I was dash I was, four. I was having a hard time, man. A little rough. Well, I played a game before that, uh, lost in a shootout, got and you got in the smoked head. In, and you got smoked in the knee by one of the knee first in the head, shots in the And then that game, yeah, and that game, like in the first five minutes, I got a shot right off my knee and I was, that was it for me. And I, I was, my, my hips and my groins were so sore by the end of the game too. I was just like, I couldn't do it. Season's over. That was the end of the line for me, boys. I, and you know what? I'm not, through. I'm not upset about hockey being over. I'm sick. I'm tired. We had a good run. We had a good had run. Had a but, uh, but the, like I was saying, events are back and we got some rodeos coming back. You're going to mm-hmm. be in North Battleford here in a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be at Aggie days this week, starting on the day the show drops on the sixth here. Aggie days looking forward to being back, but on the road a little bit. Uh, the CS Canvas auctions coming up on the 12th. We got then we got another one waste next weekend, starting on the 15th in Red Deer, Alberta. The Horse Expo from April 15th to 17th in Westerner Park. So it's like the largest equine trade show in Western Canada. So nice. there's trainers, there's clinics, there's presentations, there's an art show, there's free parking. <laughs> Art, art show, uh, really? Yeah, there's all different kinds of stuff, and we're gonna be we're gonna be there doing stuff with them. We got we have yeah uh, on Friday the cowboy the, the cowboy shit check arena. So if you want to check out the cowboy shit arena? There's some cool stuff going on in there. There's uh oh, this is the trainer showdown arena. Okay, so cool. Yeah. So there's a trainer show. Well, the cowboy shit goes down. Yeah, sweet. So yeah, we're we're gonna be there on the scene doing some fun stuff. Looking forward to checking out the old horse expo. Heck yeah. So okay, so yeah. where can they find info, Waste? You can head to horseexpo.ca to find all of your info, find your tickets. We'll be posting some stuff throughout the next couple of weeks to get you guys directed to the tickets as well and kind of with the schedule of events and what we're going to be up to. But it. yeah, yeah it's, stay, it can't stay, be the next. Yeah. Yeah. It's like only 10 days from when the show drops. So, right. Like a yeah. Week yeah, and a bit. Yeah. So, next coming, next, in, coming in hot next Friday. 10 business days. Well, only a couple of exactly. days because there's a weekend in there. But, anyway, it's only seven. But yeah, let's check go. it out. We'll just, yeah, we'll be here. We'll check be doing it out. And yeah. uh, our guest on the show this week is one of those trainers, Vanessa Salisbury. So, after she's this, a clinician she's not a trainer. clinician oh my bad yeah my bad so a clinician yeah. vanessa salisbury uh on the show this week so stay tuned we'll be back with the interview with vanessa after this once again this is cowboy shit episode 114 i'm teddy's wacy thanks for listening
All right. Our next guest is kind of the next big thing in barrel racing in Canada, really. She's uh, the Breeders Elite, uh, the 2021 Breeders Elite winner, the reserve champion at the runaway slot race. And she raked in about $60,000 during the Futurity Run uh, in Canada last year. She's also a clinician at the upcoming Horse Expo in Red Deer, where Teddy and I will be making an appearance. I don't know how we ended up there, but we're going to be there. Uh, welcome to the Cowboy Ship Podcast, Vanessa Salisbury. How's it going? Thanks for having me. <laughs> did I pronounce your last name right? You sure did. Yeah. So nice. I, I struggle with that sometimes. <laughs> people have listened listen to our show have been uh, victim to my poor pronunciation of some people's names. So I'm trying my best. <laughs> it's all good. You got it right. So what's going on these days? What's happening? Been a cold winter, a long winter? Yeah, it's been all right. Um, just kind of got through it and just been riding lots of horses and, uh, I had recently quit my day job, my full-time day job to do um, the horse thing full-time. So I've actually been really enjoying my winter, just making my own hours, my own schedule and just riding every day. So it's been, it's been really good. I've been very, very blessed. How nice is it not have to wake up and go into the office? It's quite nice. I still, (laughs) but, (laughs) but it feels different. It's nice to have a routine, I guess, but I think being able to focus in on something that you're passionate about, obviously with this horse training thing, it's, it's a lot nicer than having to drag your, drag your butt to the bank. It's definitely a lot easier waking up knowing I'm doing something that's benefiting myself and my horses rather than, mm-hmm. going, okay, I'm going to go work for someone else. And, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm battling that these days right now. Teddy knows, Teddy knows it real well. So I respect, <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. So that's cool. That's cool though. You, you made the jump. I, I listened to your uh, interview on the horse podcast here today just hanging out and that was kind of one of your 2022 goals and it's it's good that it's going well and, and you're kind of taking that next step so have you found it easier to stay on top of everything are you able to take on more horses are you training more horses or kind of just the same load but just more time spent yeah um i'm able to take on some more horses and give them more of my undivided attention i find that that's so important like I kind of got run down last year from working eight hours and going home to work more horses so I could only do that for, for so much before I was exhausted. So I, I can find, I find that my horses are getting more of my attention and I'm paying attention to them, you know, to the details more. So yeah, it's, it's definitely made a difference. Well, it wasn't even just after work. It was before, before you were, would wake up at 4am to make sure you get all your horses that you had to work in, which is, I, I was, I found that really remarkable that you're that driven to keep it going. Like not a lot of people would be willing to put, put in that type of work they'd kind of be able to put in a little bit here and there, but not really willing to sacrifice all of their time just to be able to yeah. make it happen, which is great. Yeah. I just wanted it so bad. So I was like, here we go. This is, I'm an adult, so. so you went from, you went from, uh, so tell, let's go back a bit further ways. If you, if you, if you're okay with this, is that, is that all right? Uh, I, I don't know, dude. Did you have something else you were going to go on? <laughs> no, you're right? going to, we can go, we can go wherever. I don't okay. So, me. but I want to go back. I want to, I want to go back. So, so we can say now you're, you want to go uh, back, Dad? Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were talking earlier about about the origin story, I guess, essentially. I don't know how I don't know if that's if I should put it that way, really. But but uh, you, I got your number today from Wazey and I noticed it was a seven, seven, eight number. And so you're like you're originally B.C. So start out in B.C., uh, Langley area, I think you mentioned before. Yep. And yep. Uh, you're uh, you're not from a horse background even. And now you're a full-time horse trainer. So like, how do you go from no horses to all the horses? How does this happen? You have too many horses. Yeah, it was pretty, 
Yeah, it was pretty cool actually, but my parents, they were in healthcare um, growing up. So they never had horses when they were young. And um, I was four and I really wanted a pony party for my birthday. So my mom was like, okay, we'll throw her a, a pony party. So of course we go to this pony party and the pony is for sale. So what do I do? I throw a hissy fit and I'm like, I want this pony. So my parents are very supportive and they're just great. So they bought me the pony <laughs> and, uh, that's where did it live? Sorry. Where did it live? My parents? No, the pony. The pony. Where did it, where does the pony where's... live? Yeah, they bought it well, for you and then it just like lives in your bedroom with you as a camper. Well, we had a little bit, <laughs> pretty much. We had a little bit of um, acreage at, in Langley. So we were able to, if, if we wanted, we could keep a horse there, but we actually boarded it out. That's huge in Langley. Like a lot of people just board their horses out. Board now is insane. I wouldn't be able to do it if I lived on the coast again, but um, it's like upwards of a thousand dollars a month for, for just board. Um, and that's for training fees. <laughs> so pretty crazy. But anyways, the pony, we just boarded it out and I did lessons and whatnot. And then all of a sudden bought another one, How it and starts. bought another one. And, uh, yeah, pretty much. As soon as you buy one, you just oh, said, that one needs a friend. And then those two need, also need a friend. So, I mean, the sayings are true. Oh, exactly. I've lived it. I've lived it. My poor parents. So like that part of the world's predominantly like an equestrian show jumping side of things. Like where does the Western thing come in? I know there is a few people out there like the Carmen Pazbon and, and a few people from BC who do the barrel racing thing. But if you're kind of not exposed to it, where did that come from? You watch like eight seconds or something or. Yeah, no, I, I only watched eight seconds a few years ago for the first time, um, but oh my yeah. Gosh. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm actually, I'm not too sure where it kind of started. I, I remember like little britches. There were some friends um, around us that did mm. in the little britches rodeo. And my parents were kind of like, let's just get her into everything. So we, I did start off doing the English Western pleasure stuff and then started doing little britches rodeo and moved into the high school rodeo. And then mm. that, that was just my passion. And I was going to find a way to do that full time. And um, Ross Hansen and Digger Hansen ended up moving by me for a little bit so I spent a lot of time with them roping and they kind of helped me with barrels and whatnot and that was kind of where it started they were pretty hard on on a person they were like you're gonna do this you're gonna do it right so um I I think that's where it just started for me that I I knew I wanted to do it professionally not just not just as a hobby and um which led me to I was working for a finance company when I was 19 or 20 and um I just I didn't love it. Like I went to school for accounting and whatnot, but I just didn't love it. And uh, I saw that Veronica Swales had posted that she was looking for somebody to come work for her. And I was like, that's it. I'm quitting my job. I don't care. I'm moving to Alberta to this person I've never met before to make next to nothing to work my butt off. Um, And that's exactly what I did. (laughs) So it worked out in my favor. I learned a lot, but um, I, I really... I think that's kind of where it started for me that I was building up my own program. What were like you most people who rodeo from out of province? They're just like, yeah, I'm just going to pack my shit and move to Alberta and hope it works out. Yeah. <laughs> this that sounds was familiar. Literally yeah, literally. Yeah, exactly. Sounds familiar. That's funny. <laughs> the, uh, so what was your role at the finance company and what, it, and what degree do you have? Where'd you go to school? I just, um, so I went to school at the university of Fraser Valley 
Um, and I just ended up getting my bookkeeping certificate because I was like, I said to my parents, I'm not wasting any more money. <laughs> like I'll get, and I'm not going any further because I'm not going to use it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's kind of what I did. I mean, it's a good, it's a good background to have, right? Like I can always fall back on that. Um, at the finance company, I was just a finance specialist. So did loans and whatnot and leases. Um, I knew my boss really well. So he kind of trained me up into the position, which was awesome. But uh, yeah. And then you moved to uh, Alberta and Claire's home area kind of thing, right? Or where? No, yeah. that wasn't right. Or was that right? Well, Ronnie was in Mossley. So yeah, yeah. Mossley for a year. And then I bought my place in Claire's home. And How'd you manage to buy a place in Claire's home that early on? Um, worked my Bi- finance man. <laughs> she knows how to, she knows her way around money, dude. <laughs> I'm very, <laughs> that. my parents are very, very supportive. And, but they're also, they're, they're smart. They're smart with money and they teach me how to save and they teach me a work ethic. So, um, that was, that was something I was fortunate for to have growing up. Um, I did like, I rented a little bit. I actually lived out of a motel for like two months in Claire's home. So it wasn't like straight easy lived in an <laughs> about five months you know like it wasn't just um sunshine and rainbows <laughs> uh I worked my myself up to be able to afford a place and uh I mean it's not it's not by any means a mansion and tons of land it's it's a little acreage home and it's got a, a gorgeous little home and it's got uh, a barrel patch and it's all all I need and you work with what you have did you start off at the bluebird motel in the gone fishing suite or where, where did you, where did sure you start? Did. <laughs> that is literally the motel I was in the bluebird. The bluebird. Yeah. So you're at the bluebird. What's the, is that Darrow is the bar in it? No, that this is the no. one. Oh, the other one down town. The yeah. The little, the little I, like little motel with the doors. Yeah. On I got you now. Yeah. 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 It wasn't no, That's it wasn't funny. the motel six, like no hotel. It was the bluebird. It was That's the sweet. Bluebird. The bluebird. Yeah. So did you make a deal with the owner and like have a, like a long-term rental? I did. He was awesome. Yeah. He was so good to me. I was like, here's my deal. Here's my situation. Yeah. We'll work with. I say what small towns. If once you like meet, you can meet the owners of places so easy. And if you just, if you're just easy to be around and like a nice person, like they will take care of you. Like no other. Oh yeah. There was a, it was kind of funny. Like there was a fellow behind the, the bluebird who owned um, a couple acres of fields and I'd sometimes pull in with my rig because that's just, I just stayed hooked up and uh, he'd always be like, where's your horses? You should just bring them here. They need to eat my grass. And I just want them all day. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, here we go. So <laughs> still phones me to this day to check in on me. So, Oh, wow. Cool. And, Small towns. and there was something else in there between there too. Uh, uh, there it was five months and it kind of cut out. There was bluebird and then there's uh, you rented and then mobile home. Oh, mobile home. Okay, uh, no, an RV actually. RV. RV. Nice. What kind of RV are we talking? Are we talking like motor coach, like, like tour fifth bus? Wheel. Fifth wheel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't a bump. Pretty, pretty it, wasn't fancy. A, it wasn't a tent trailer. Damn. You're saying. No. Because no. a tent trailer would have. A tent trailer would have blown away in the wind in Claire's home. Yeah. I'm not missing the wind right now. <laughs> no, I bet not. Um, okay. So we go, uh, we go from. From, now we're in Claire's home and working for uh, Veronica Swales. And then, uh, so when did you start, uh, like, where did, so you learned, I guess the real, uh, the real training part really was learned with, with uh, Veronica essentially, right? Or am I assuming that? 
Yeah, no, it, it definitely was kind of learned how she ran the business and um, what her go-to was for horses and whatnot. And, um, and then you kind of, you kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, it's, it's time to learn on my own and it's time to do trial and error and, and put, put all the effort you're putting in into your own horses. So. Find it difficult to break into like the training part of things, you know, like there's so many people, everybody and their dog is a horse trainer these days, especially in Alberta. Like, is there some, is there like, is it kind of clicky or do you find it fairly welcoming, especially for someone from your background, not traditionally coming from a, a horse like family background? Totally. Yeah. I actually, I just made a kind of a Facebook post about this this morning. Um, it's a, it's a pretty tough industry. I find I mean, lots of people are, are kind and supportive and that's great, but I mean, it truly is a who's on the top kind of industry I find. And I mean, you sometimes find those once in a lifetime loyal um, clients that stick with you, but it really is like, like, honestly, I think to myself, okay, who won the finals in 2007 or 2008? Like how many people can literally name off those people? Mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. No, like maybe he can. Yeah. Yeah. I have a weird brain. Like, I mean, and some people are, but like the most people don't remember that. So it's just, it's a very who's on top kind of industry. And I think what have you done for me lately thing too, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but I I think that if you can stay professional and stay positive and, um, you know, I try to pride myself in horses that are broke and calm and everything Mm -hmm. that I find that that kind of helps me stay, stay up there and, uh, yeah, it's just, it truly is trial and error with everything, whether that's social media, like um, keeping yourself out, your name out there. Um, but it's also trial and error with my horses. I'm, you're always learning. But so have you, so when it comes to acquiring customers, are you doing it mostly through word of mouth? Are you getting a lot of attraction from social media or is it, I guess you probably at this point have built up a pretty good reputation, but when you first started, was it being like, Hey, like need some horses road, like I'll get it done for you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Lots of like, put your trust in me, please. And um, I had some people that did trust me and they just, they were awesome. They were like, well, we're going to give you a chance. And um, that was, that was a kind of a changer for me because the more horses you can ride, the better you get. Right. So um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, now if I need the horses, I'll post it to social media, but it's pretty much like word of mouth. Like I haven't, I haven't advertised that I'm open. I've been pretty full um, all winter. So um, but social media is a wonderful thing, but it can also. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so were there ever any moments of like self-doubt or like, what the hell am I doing? Like those times at the Bluebird Motel or living in the mobile home or the RV, like just those times when you're kind of, were getting your, like cutting your teeth in the, in it, where you're kind of like, what the hell am I doing? Or was there always, you always had that positive attitude or like that, that kind of guiding light, keeping you going. Well, I always try to think I'm going to, I'm going to make it one way or another, like, eventually. <laughs> but of course, all of us have those times where we're like, what are we doing? Even, even last year, I had just won like the 10 grand at the, at the uh, runaway and I paid off my, or I paid some of my truck off. And then I had to like dive into my line of credit to enter the breeders elite. And I was, even then I had just won the 10 grand and I'm still, yeah. what am I doing? Oh my God. <laughs> This so is as crazy. A, I'm using my line of credit to enter rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. But as a as a finance person, 
did you buy a like did you have a high interest loan on your truck or, or why would you pay off the truck and not keep the cash i just hate having debt okay okay i see i'm a weirdo <laughs> i hate <laughs> debt. i will i will put that into something it was just it was again just a line of credit like got it through working at the bank actually because i was employed there and whatnot so got the line of credit to buy, buy the i knew truck. you had a job <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's funny so, um, so i just wanted it paid off we yeah. were talking earlier about uh some of the prospects and some of the numbers and i was i was really blown away by by uh by the by the honestly just by the amounts and, and you talked about buying a buying a two-year-old horse for like 10 grand but now that horse is probably worth you said you talked to your broker so you can give me an update but but that yeah. $10,000 horse is worth a ton of dough already. Yeah. So that it's, I mean, I have to think of a business mindset when I buy a horse. And to me, like I would prefer to buy a prospect for a little bit less rather than a 3D horse for, you know, a set amount of money. So to me, that's an investment to buy that two-year-old for say 10 grand. And yeah, I talked to Charles McKay from Horse Brokers International and we work really closely. Um, and he said, yeah, he pricing that up of a hundred grand. And, uh, you know, it's so important for me to work with people like himself, as well as Cassandra Shendrick and uh, Janelle Baxter with um, Barrel Horse Brokers as well. It's, you stay in touch with everyone in the business. That's a huge part of mine. Um, but yeah, like, it's just, I, I think of my four-year-old that I had and uh, bought him for under the 10 and, uh, he's upwards of 65,000 now. So I've only had him for two years, maybe. So definitely don't have that much into him. <laughs> yeah. How much I was going to ask the next question, how much do you have into a horse like that? That's worth a hundred or 65. Like, do you have two hours a day times 300 days or by, by two years or like, what, what are you paying yourself then if you're, if you're doing this and cause you, you own the horse and you may or may not sell, sell that horse. You might ride it and win 60,000 a year. So so I, I wonder like how the math works out on this. Do you have to sell a real elite horse every year to make this make sense or, or what do you have to do? Well, for me, like I, I depend on my outside horses. So my client horses right now to pay my bills. Um, this year I'll end up selling one of mine just because I've got, I've got too many and I, I can't keep them. So, so that I'd put away for like savings say, or I'd reinvest, I'd go buy some more prospects and, and work that back up. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you do have to take into consideration everything you put into them. The vet works. I'm very thorough on my vet work, um, feed. It's not cheap. However, kind of like we mentioned before, it's my passion. So it's something that I really enjoy. And at the end of the day, the money doesn't really matter as long as I'm paying my bills. But if, I mean, if you make a winner and they're winning, they, I, they paid off my truck. They paid for a, a new little weekender for me last year. So they already paid for themselves in that. Well, and on the other side of that too, though, you have the risk of it not panning out or a horse getting hurt. Like how much risk is involved on that end? Like that's something that's yeah. so, that's so far out of your hands. Like no matter how much you, you keep them up with their feeding regime, like their vet work, all that kind of stuff. The next thing you know, you walk out of the pasture and that sucker's lame and done for. I, that's Dunzel. funny. Like I remember I was talking to Ted about that this morning and I literally had a horse get caught in a fence today. And I was like, oh. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> So well, and then your totally then your ten thousand dollar prospect is going to make you one hundred fifty thousand is just nothing. 
Yeah. And people do insurance and that's something that I want to look into. I've I've heard horror stories. So I'm slightly, um, I'm always careful as to who I will insure my horses with. Um, but I always say like, I've had friends who have bought horses and then had to put them down and they haven't insured them and they're kicking themselves. But if I don't have insurance on a horse and that horse passes in a freak accident or whatever, I've, I've already come to an agreement with like, that's it's life. It happens. It's my choice not to have insurance on them. At the end of the day, it is what it is. There's no sense. You're going to mean that everything goes good with the insurance company, or you just, at the time of purchase, you just have to have to know that anything can happen. They can break the leg somebody's fault. Dude, stepping up the trailer funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Life is yeah. crazy. It is. Yeah, that's crazy stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're at, uh, we're talking about horses. So Vanessa, how many, how many do you have on the go right now? Like how many horses of your own, how many client horses, if you, if you, you don't have to share that, but I'm, I'm just curious what, like what uh, all you got on the go right now. So I've got, well, I have five of my own, but I'm riding three right now. I'm going to send a couple colts out to Tristan Wolseley for him to start in May. And then I'll kind of camp on them for a little bit. Um, and then I've got about five client horses on the go at a time right now. I mean, I try to keep it a little bit lower as we go into futurity and rodeo season, just so I can manage them. I told myself I would never be one of those trainers who doesn't ride horses in my program. (laughs) I make sure that I have enough horses that, uh, I'm actually able to ride them all. Um, I told myself I never wanted to be one of those trainers who didn't ride them and just let them sit. So have a bunch of horses on hand just to just to have a bunch of horses on hand yeah exactly like i want to actually do a good job i don't just i don't just want the money (laughs) yeah fair enough well and that's that's how you kill your reputation so fast i've seen it and heard of it and all that stuff you get all these people taking on as many horses as they can and then they you don't put the right amount of work into them and then that just once you once and then once your reputation is tarnished that's everything in that in the horse business yeah it's so true it's so true so that I'm just really cautious about. Sure. So then w- walk us through a day in the life then. Like what's, what's a, uh, you have that many horses on hand. You try to get as many rows as you can. Like what's a, what's a typical day for you now that you're a full-time horse trainer? Um, I just get up. I let the <laughs> out. I uh, do, uh, yeah, I go do chores if, if they need done. Um, uh, Chad's here with me. So we kind of Hand off on that together. Um, go do chores. I'll, I'll, I always grain in the morning before I ride. And then I usually go and catch, catch some horses and just start pounding through them. I, and then anything that I've kind of got that I have to keep up on, like invoicing and whatnot, that's what I'll do in the afternoons. I'm very much a ride first person because yeah. if I fight with one, then I have the rest of the day that I can ride them for. Um, yeah, and then everything else can wait till after. Just the thing that you mentioned when easier. you're talking yeah. to the gals, the horseburg gals, was you guys were talking about how you you don't really don't like the horses you ride aren't just doing barrel racing training. You talk about them having like a, a happy mind and, and like doing all these other different things. Talk a bit about how that has an effect on the horses, like doing these different jobs, like going roping or whatever it may be, and the changes of scenery and different size arenas. Like there's there's so much more into that than just being a barrel race horse trainer, then you just run the horse around the barrels a bunch of times. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. So I, I really like to, when I can rope the machine or even just follow it or get them outside in the stubble field and just get them, 
get them out and clear their minds. Um, I'm also a huge fan on literally hauling to any arena that I can to, to work barrels or to just get them out. I think that's, you don't make a broke horse at home. Like you got to take them out. You got to enter them in order to get them solid. So I'm huge on just, just getting out to new arenas. Nice. And then, so how does the rodeo thing play into card now? Cause you just recently filled up your permit and you want a bunch of money. And now that's another element to it. Is that going to take a bit away from your fraternity or like, are you going to have to dial back some of the whole, like have the client horses that you have? Like what, what does the rodeo element add to your program now? Yeah, it's going to kind of, kind of change some things. I was just going to say like, why, like, why, why wrote, why rodeo now? Like you've been successful at the fraternity level obviously at the horse training level, is that always been a goal for you? Or is that just something new or, or like, cause you could, you could keep doing what you're doing and make a pretty good living at it. Totally. The rodeos, the rodeos don't necessarily pay. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just something I think that I want for, for my business. Honestly, I, I would love to be able to add that to my credential list of um, make, hopefully making the CFR one day. So, and I love the experience. I like the atmosphere. So that's something that, that I want to accomplish is making the finals one year. And, and to me, you have to have a pretty jam up horse and yeah. uh, I, I have the horsepower right now. So that's something that I'm going to try for. Um, it'll like, I'm, I'm going to be careful with my summer as to what horses I have in. I'm taking some long-term horses, um, you know, some ones that I'm going to have consistently. So I don't have to worry about horses in and out all the time. Um, and then, uh, Futurities, I'm going to have to see how it plays out. I do have a futurity horse this year and uh, I do want to run her. So I'm going to, going to try and hit everything that I can, maybe a couple things in the same day, but uh, we'll just do what we can to make it work. Then are you going to have to get to a point where you choose a rodeo fraternity thing? Yeah, I was actually, what what are you choosing? (laughs) Well, we're going to start off the season (laughs) choosing rodeos. (laughs) That's, that's my that's my goal for the year. However, I always tell myself, like, you never know what's going to happen. Like we could wake yeah. up tomorrow and COVID could hit us again. And rodeos are going to be canceled. Oh, God. Don't or, say that. I know <laughs> wake up tomorrow and my good horse might be, yeah. you know, yeah. down and out. So I'm just going to go with what the cards have dealt me and whether that's rodeos and if rodeos go, go good, I'll stick with it. And uh, if I need to kind of merge towards the futurities more than, then I'll do that. But you kind of have to be super, um, adaptable in this environment mm-hmm. industry, I think, because if you, if you have a set plan, well, God's sure going to change it. <laughs> so, so heading into the rodeo season, are you an indoor pen gal or an outdoor pen gal? My horse has been pretty tough in both situations. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I like indoor <laughs> walls. <laughs> yeah, it's nice not to have to battle the elements. No, but my my horse is pretty. Yeah, uh, he he likes the big pens. So also, so I'm good. I'm good for anything that has. Either to be- way. <laughs> and then, so what, traveling wise, are you going to be traveling around on your own mostly, or you have some some other people, folks you're going to travel with, or what's that look like? Yeah, haven't really figured that one out yet. Like, if Chad and I get drawn up at the same rodeos, we'll go together. Um, right. Okay. But uh, maybe maybe hop in with some girlfriends of mine also if we draw the same. But it's going to, again, just have to be kind of a see where the cards land. <laughs> is, there, is there lots of 
few charity barrel racing drama. Um. <laughs> I, like, I love it. I love hearing about this stuff just because like my mom, my mom and my sister are like heavily involved in like the horse community and stuff. And anytime there's some hot gossip going on, I like I like hearing it. Yeah. Or you even talked to Jeremy Bueller and you even talked about the team ropers and they're quite easy. I like picking on those guys too. Yeah. I yeah, I definitely try to stay out of it, but I mean there's drama anywhere you go. So um if you if you look for it, you'll find it. So what's it been like over the past another thing that kind of caught my interest when that interview you did was with with the kind of the how the futurity stuff has played out in Canada. Like there's a lot of big money bail race bail races now where you can actually, if you're a horse to kind of in your case, um, make big money and, and make a living doing this. Like how much has that meant to you kind of, even for your journey, like it's, you kind of came from non-horse person to one of the top trainers and making money at these uh, futurities. Um, yeah, it's, it's a huge deal. Like the States has so many opportunities and mm-hmm. they're just so advanced and, I think it's awesome that Canada is starting to get those high money futurities and derbies and the sweepstakes and everything like that. And even the slot races, like mm-hmm. Canada is starting to produce and has produced some extremely nice horses. So um, to me, it means a lot that we're actually able to showcase them at places that, you know, is worth it. It's not, you don't have to just go to those $30 jackpots. So you don't have to go across the line. Now you can, you can enter in your hometown and have, have the chance to win thousands of dollars. It's probably been like a big factor in that, what you said of there's so many more good horses coming from Canada, by having these like high profile events, you're encouraging people to bring the best horses and you're, and you're kind of opening that door for more people to be successful that way. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I find a lot more people take it seriously. I know I do. Like if I know there's 20 grand up security, well, I'm damn sure going to get my horse to the vet before then. And <laughs> I'm damn sure going to, you know, put, put in the work so I can win that 20 grand or to win that 20 grand rather than um, just, you know, only have the opportunity to win a, a few hundred dollars. Like an Indus, Indus Wednesday night jackpot. I mean, those are good. Like those they're are good. They're good for sure. They're for their time and place for them, but time and pl- exactly like for yeah. me, you, you want to save your runs on your good horses when they're working for you. So um, I'll take my Colts to those jackpots, but I'm going to save my horses up for where the, my good horses up for where the big money's at. Mm-hmm. And so those, those, those big futurity and slot races and stuff, like what's your mentality going into them? Do you kind of keep track of where you're sitting as, as, the, as the weekend goes on or as the event goes on, or are you kind of just get your runs done and then whatever happens, happens kind of deal? Yeah, I try to take every run as it comes. Um, I always tell myself that, you know, uh, if, if it's my turn to win, it's my turn to win. And if it's not, well, there's always going to be a next one. Um, I honestly, that is something that I very much believe in, that we all have a time to win and we all have a time to learn. And um, you're not one person, even Haley Kinsel isn't going to stay on top of the world for forever, right? So you just have to take that take what you have and take what you're given in that day and um, appreciate it while you're at the top and then just carry on to your next run. So what do you, have uh, some of your, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Wait, there you are. You scared on. the shit out of me, man. Oh, oh, I sent you a message. I was still here. You, I was just lurking in the background me. trying we to, we asked uh, if you were here and then you just come out of nowhere. Dude. Oh, geez. I thought I was, I've been here the whole time. Sorry. Yeah, no, we were uh, talk to you. <laughs> my bad. Uh, actually, that's a lie. I wasn't here. I got some supper so I can take it on the road. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh man, now I'm now I'm yeah. flustered. <laughs> I feel like Chris Rock and I just got slapped. Um, <laughs> you guys think that was staged? I don't think I, it was. Just given like how the how the academy has reacted, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. See, there's um, drama everywhere. There's drama. <laughs> so obvi- obviously, oh no, I figured it out point. now. Oh, okay, cool. way yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Um, <laughs> so what keeps somebody like Haley Kinsel at the top for so long? Or Charmaine James, like what made what makes what makes and made Charmaine so good, and what makes and made make what makes Haley so good? Why do they stay at the top? Well, as Jordan Briggs said at last year's NFR, we're nothing without the horses. So it's truly the horse that you have underneath of you that decides your season and the effort that you put in. It takes a village. Like you have to have a good bed, a good farrier. You have to have your sponsors back, and you so you can get down the road. Um, but I truly think it boils down to horsepower. Like if you've got a horse that's at the top, they, they have to have the heart and the drive and uh, they have to be able to work through, work through pain and work through the shitty ground. And uh, yeah, it, it truly depends on all the factors. You mentioned the ground. That was a big question that we had. Wacy, I'm sure you can ask another question on the ground. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but what? Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen any of my any TikTok videos that I make. But have you? I'm pretty hard on the barrel yes, have you? slash have horse you, scales. Have you seen them? I'm I have seen a few. Oh, oh what are yeah. your oh, few. what are your thoughts? So what? Yeah. Do you have any yeah. comments? <laughs> yeah. What do you thought? <laughs> I think we're about to be in uh, for ways. I think that uh, I think that sometimes we're barrel racers are a little bit too. Um, extra the ground too much (laughs) (laughs) however i do appreciate safe ground i think dangerous ground is bad but also i think we're a little bit too um high maintenance sometimes Uh, and i like it's fine it's funny because it's all it's all fun and games but yeah you guys definitely make it easy on yourselves easy easy targets for a guy like me oh totally 100 percent we kind of deserve it sometimes too. Oh yeah, just like any, just like anybody, like the roughies and the, and the team ropers, no, and nobody does themselves any favors. We all we all make it easy to poke fun yeah. at each other. That's funny. What do you what do you consider well, I, unsafe ground then? Um, well, it's the same thing. Like I, I was just gonna say, I feel bad for some of the producers because they'll put hours and hours, and sometimes it's just the ground is perfect and your horse just doesn't stand up. Maybe it's not squared up, or you know, pulls a shoe and you you fall down. Well, you can't you can't blame the producer for that. Um. But sometimes I think like black dirt gets, gets a little slick and dangerous. Anything that, that you hit hard pan to me is, um, a little bit dangerous. Yeah. So what's the ideal mix? Something with sand in it (laughs) with a little bit of deepness, um, and a little bit of a clay base I find is good. So how, how hard is it to run at those? How, how hard is it run? How hard is it to barrel race at the events that the chuck wagons run at because i know they like to have it hard and flat they almost have to have someone they gotta have a dirt expert almost go to all these rodeos that can change the the depth of the ground each time because the chuck wagon guys get mixed up in the deep they can't handle the deep ground where you guys want it want it to be deep so like that's probably a huge challenge that doesn't really probably happen enough place and places honestly isn't it yeah yeah, that is tough. And it, it also like depends on your horse because that, that is the true meaning of seasoning a horse. Because if your horse doesn't know that how to read the ground, well, you can, you can wreck one pretty quickly. So I actually ran into that problem, um, last year because I was entering most of the slot races and 
they were mostly indoors. So I had a little bit of a plate on my um, gray gelding on his hinds because he just, he worked better being able to kind of stay at the top of the ground and have some um, slide to him. Uh, but then when we hit the outdoor rodeos, he just, he didn't have the traction to get in and get out, which he needed. So again, I wasn't blaming the ground necessarily. I should have changed the shoes, <laughs> but, uh, uh, promise, promise, promise. Uh, yeah, but- sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I think that like we need to we need to support the committees at um making their ground better like we can't just sit here and complain and expect them to do everything like we need to support them and give them the um give them help to to get the ground where we want it we can't just that's a good answer I like what, that. That's cool. what does that help? What does that help look like though? Like are you are you a tractor pilot with like a ground expert? Like who is what is that what is that what does the help look like? It can't just well, be all rakes. Be reaching out and yeah, I would be reaching out to to someone who has that expertise, helping them find the person that with that expertise and working with them together. I mean, I know for me, if somebody comes up to me and is just saying I'm doing a fit job, well, I'm gonna shut down mentally. Instead, if they come to me with a solution or somebody to talk to with a solution, I'm gonna be like, okay, we'll give it a yeah. we'll give it a go. Right. So is there, so with the CPRA, does the barrel rep takes on, on some of that responsibility or is there really that much support there? Um, yeah, like I know last year, I think, I think it was Brady. Yeah. Cause I'm still new with this stuff. So there was certain areas, like I remember we went to, I think it was coronation and it was still like, well, nobody, there was no rodeos the year before. So it was like, there was grass growing in the, the ground had not been one of the first ones. two years. No. One of the first ones. No. <laughs> literally and they, yeah. they were going to just leave it and the, the girls were like no you can't just leave it but here's <laughs> why you can't just leave it because yeah. you're gonna put horses in danger but you're also gonna put us in danger like if a horse goes down on us well all it takes is one bad move and we're down and out too right so mm-hmm. enough they work the ground and it it come up to be pretty good um but but yeah, like we kind of have to all work together. I don't feel like it should only be on the barrel rep. Oh, like that's, that's not really fair. <laughs> yeah, truly, truly. Have you ever turned out of somewhere because of the ground? I turned out of uh, Cranbrook because. Your uh, home province. I know. Well, oh my gosh. That I was going to run, he had gotten an infection. He, he pulled, or he ripped his bulb open <clears throat> a few days before. So um <laughs> Where, but I had my uh, five-year-old at that one. And then uh, I looked and everybody said it was a lake. And I was like, you know what? Don't really need to uh, take the, take the fraternity horses uh, confidence away. So I just turned out. There's been a couple of times where, I, where I've turned out a bull that I didn't want to get on because I knew he sucked. So really, I that. really? Yeah. I never it was a shell. It was a shell. Not even one shell. time. It was, I was like, it was like the midst of a six rodeos in five days. And it was in Herbert actually. And it's one really? of Schellenberg's bulls. And he was at like a gar, like just no good. My wrist was sore. I was like, you know what, boys, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm good. Well, the good thing with bull riding is you can always make an excuse. Yeah. I was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, (laughs) you mentioned the shoes, Vanessa, the, the horseshoes. So you go from, uh, you go from different arena conditions, different ground conditions. Uh, are you, are you a farrier or would like, do you just, you can't just change those shoes. Like any given moment, it's not like putting different tires on your race car, but it kind of is, but you can't do it that way. Yeah. I am the farthest thing from a farrier. I, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
I have been very lucky to work with um, great people like um, Miguel Lambert last year was awesome. I would phone him and I remember it was like the day before the Calgary qualifier and my horse blew both his front shoes. And I was like, SOS, we need to do this now. Um, and he was right there. And, you know, I told him if I had any concerns and he'd work with me and, um, it's really, really important. And I, even like, even this year, like I had Ty Livingston come out and, and work with my horses. Cause I, I needed horse or I needed them done. And, um, right but well I'm I'm up north right now so I'm a little bit far from Miguel which is unfortunate but Ty was awesome too I told him the situation and to me it's like I want to build that relationship with them so they know my expectations but they also they know my horse's history and and what they work best in and I want to know how to help them be their best too for my horses so how much of an advantage does Chelsea Moore have being a farrier and a barrel racer number two what are your thoughts on uh, on the song uh, Barrel Racer Line by Kenny Fielder? And then number three, I'm curious. You don't have to tell us either, but what, I'm wondering, like, what's the most you've sold the horse for, for so far? You don't have to say it. I don't know if that's like a code thing or something that Wacy, like, if we're not supposed to ask that, but like three three quick ones for me. And then and then I got one Rapid more. Fire. Rapid yeah, fire. One more bonus question is how much of an advantage does a horse trainer that really, really extremely knows horses have in the barrel racing side of things as to someone who buys a finished horse that may not be as much of a horse person. So four, four things there. Let's, okay. That's a gauntlet of questions, okay. mate. Here we go. I love um, okay. I just have to remember them all. So Chel- the Chelsea Moore thing, um, yeah, being I, a farrier. I think that it's, it's an advantage in a certain sense that if her horse pulled a shoe before a rodeo, well, she can tack it on. Whereas I'm just going to leave it. I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah, like less pandemonium ensues. (laughs) So, uh, duct tape it. So, yeah, like in that sense, yeah, that's that's awesome for her. Um, what was the next one? Um, Barrel Racer Land. Barrel Racer Land. You know, it's a solid tune. Oh, I have no complaints. (laughs) How okay, I I, I have a tack on question to Ted's rapid fire, but there's no rappies on the side. Hey, that's good. The okay, so my attack on question: What, how many of the barrel racing stereotypes do you do you fall under? How many? Be honest. There's this is a safe space. Barrel racing stereotypes. This is a, this is a there's well there's like the like you have the little wiener dogs. You. I don't have else? a wiener dog, but just I just go through my a... go through my TikTok and you'll see all the barrel racing stereotypes. <laughs> oh man, I probably fall under a few. Not gonna lie, but. My dog isn't a wiener dog. He's like a Arizona a, cor- a corgi. But nope, no corgi. <laughs> Tiger. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to the bottom. We'll get to the bottom. This is the horse expo. There we go. Yeah. Okay. okay and then question three, Ted. Uh, I was curious about the, uh, the oh, horses. Yeah, or, or like, and you don't have to say what you've sold. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to just. I don't want to barge in on that kind of thing. No, not but at I've, all. But I was kind of curious <laughs> on that side of things, or if there's been a few, or or uh or if like what's i'd even be curious what the most expensive barrel horse ever brought into canada might be or if it was something that i don't i don't know i don't i'm curious on that now because now i'm now i got thinking about like martha and Lindsay sears and what like martha would would be worth or would have been worth at at one point i'm kind of probably upwards of half a million (laughs) really dang yeah that's wild yeah 
I, I honestly haven't done too much selling. Like I've sold a lot of prospects that I've started on the barrels and then gone. So under the 20,000 mark, but these I've never really seen a horse all the way through just because I've tried to build up to getting this horse. So I'd always have to sell them to buy another prospect. Um, but right now, like my gray horse would probably be the most that I would be able to sell a horse for up until now for, so that hundred grand. Okay. And then, yeah. and then the last one was the horsemanship question, as far as the, uh, the advantage on the, in the, in competition. See this question. I love this question because sometimes, question. uh, sometimes trainers will be stuck in trainer mode and, uh, not be able to jockey. I know for one, I struggle with that sometimes. Like if I've been on Colts all winter and then I go and hop on my finished horse, I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> so sometimes if, if all you have to work on is being a jockey, then you're, that's what you're, you know, you're specializing and you, you are even better than some trainers at jockeying. However, um, there are trainers who can jockey one as well. And that's pretty cool to me. So it'd be more like rewarding too, like going to these maturities and horses that you've built up to that point and winning the money on them rather than I'm not saying that just jockeying horses and winning isn't rewarding, but yeah. it's, it's just like seeing that whole process through, like you say, like from start to finish, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's something that I, I really, really like, and I like knowing everything from when they were started and, um, knowing their quirks and mm-hmm. you know, what they might lack in and where their uh, strengths are. So, so have, have there been any people buy a horse from you or like, I'm, I'm sure that this question has come up somewhere that somebody buys a horse and they pay a bunch of money for it. And it's, you know, a huge, like a big, a great barrel finished barrel horse, but then they get on it and they can't win shit. Like, cause they, they aren't the pilot that they aren't the horse person that the trainer is that that's had to have come up. I haven't ran into that yet. Um, but that being said, I think that's part of, um, you know, yeah, knock on wood. Um, I think that's part of trying to set them up with the best person. And I'm, I'm huge on, if you buy a horse for me, come and ride with me so I can help you. Um, I, and like, um, I just had a girl who bought a horse come spend the week weekend with me for spring thon. she's come out she sent him back to me and just just for the winter to get him legged up and stuff and she she'll come every month for a lesson and to me that's that's awesome because it's setting both her and the horse up for success but when she when she went to buy him she also tried him like three times so um I'm okay with that like I, I want to make sure it's a good I mean don't be a tire kicker and don't waste my time but <clears throat> if you're you're coming back to make sure that this is the right fit I am a okay with that so Um, but I mean, you're going to run into people who will put the blame anywhere. Um, you know, you kind of have to expect that. Uh, but I think it's just setting yourself and the horse up for success. I try to make my horses easy to ride behind. I try to make my style easy to ride behind, but you take the chance that somebody can't ride them and they might have to find a new home. True. Wacey, uh, let's get to, I, I, um, Vanessa and I talked about how how you got into the horse. Yeah. So I've actually known, um, Ryan Gordon and Mark Schultz for a long time. Um, but you know, I've just been a family friend and whatnot, but it was, it was really cool that, uh, they asked me to be a clinician there. It's something that I've put on clinics before, but I'm going to be, it's a, it's my first talking to an audience as well. And I'm super excited. I think it'll be a good, good experience. Um, but I, I featured eat a horse for them last year and yeah, he come into my program late in the year and he, he still, he still come on strong enough to, uh, 
to make uh, the short round at CBHI. So I think that was where they really, it solidified for them that, okay, my program is, is working and that they wanted to have me out there. So I think what they're doing for the horse industry is awesome. I mean, this is, this is a new event. I mean, um, it's going to be bigger and better than anything before. And uh, I think that it's great. They're not looking, they're not looking, they're not looking to make a buck off this. This is, this is a big production that is putting lots of time into, and I love that they're hitting multiple varieties of disciplines. So um, I'm super excited to take part in it and yeah. So how cool is it for that part of your journey to go again, going back to your beginning to now, like you're a clinician at a really big horse event. Like that's such a cool, cool stop along the way. Yeah, it is so cool. Cause I, um, kind of a little tidbit, like, so at the, um, years ago, I, I participated at an event like this myself learning, um, under a clinician. So I think it's cool that I'm coming back as the clinician now and, um, the biggest thing that I'll explain to everyone is we never, we never stop learning. Like, um, even though I'm putting it on, I'm probably going to learn something from a horse that's there. And a lot of the time I go off feel on my horses. So I love just explaining that to people too. It's, it's not just a one way for success. It's hours in the saddle. <laughs> there, which is, there which used part to be, of the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Dad, Daddy. Sorry, buddy. There used to be an event, uh, similar in like Chilliwack was it? And, and I'm trying to think that an event like this is probably somewhere where someone goes that maybe doesn't even have horses. And this is kind of like an entry point essentially. Right. And yeah. to come to you, this is a, this is one of those entry points that rodeo doesn't have a lot of honestly. No. And that's why I think this is awesome for our industry. I mean, it spreads awareness for everything from English jumping, like pleasure riding, the Western dressage to, to rodeo. And uh, it's something we need so people can get their feet wet and, and make those introductions so they can get into the industry because sometimes it's hard to get into without knowing where to go. So this is this is a huge starter for a lot of people. Having it all under one roof is massive. Like that, like that, you, you never get, there's not a usual time where all these different disciplines are accessible to, to so many people. So I think that's a really cool part of it where it's like, if yeah. you're, if you're have just an interest in horses or you're on a show jumper or a trail rider or whatever, like there's something for you. Totally. This deal. I'm really hoping I don't get stage fright. <laughs> we, we can help you with that one. Uh, you just got to go do it. It's, oh uh, yeah. It's no. not bad. Wacy will help no, you. He's there too. Yeah, you can. Yeah, if you need a if you need an example person, I'm yeah. your guy. Or a co-host. Bring a couple extra horses for you. When do you, bring a couple, when bring do you me, start? Bring me the bad ones. When do you start? <laughs> what's the like? What's the timeline? Yeah, so I'll have a booth there all weekend long. Um, my booth number is three five one six. Um, it's kind of by the entrance there, so I'm super excited for that. Um, Saturday, Sunday, I'm 12 p.m. start time at the Sweets Arena. And then on Sunday, it's a 10.45 a.m. start time also at the Sweets Arena. And it goes for about an hour. So I'm I'm really excited. And I kind of, hopefully I'll be able to answer some questions as we go. But if anybody has questions, I'm, I'm, I'll am i be at the booth all weekend long. I'll be just sitting there. Well, and, and for those uh, curious, the Horse Expo is in Red Deer, Alberta, Westner Park, April 15th to 17th. It's Easter weekend. You probably got a holiday in there somewhere between Friday or Monday. So. Come check it out. Wacy and I will be on location on Friday, along with our uh, our new friend Vanessa Salisbury in the the Sweets Arena, both noon, like you said, noon on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, make sure to come yeah. check it out. 
Um, come check it out. Yeah. Waste. There's one more question. Okay. One final question. We ask all of our guests on this podcast. What is your definition of cowboy and or cowgirl shit? Um, yeah. What is it? Oh gosh. <laughs> that is a really good question. Um, the, we literally, we've asked it 115 times now. I should have known this. Well, fan. to me, I love those girls that are just handy. You can ride anything and everything and ride a bronchy one, but I sure can't. So I guess I'm not out. And, w- and Wacy is one of those girls. I'm one of those girls. I'm just one of there the girls. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be able to break away and bro race. And to me, that's pretty badass. So I guess that would be that. Nice. Multi-talent. That's great. That's great. Awesome. Okay. So we got her all covered. We got her all covered. Okay. Awesome. I think well, we thanks for joining us, Vanessa. This was a lot of fun. I'm sorry that I wasn't in the best uh, place to do the show, but you know, uh, Wendy's is perfect. The first, for, first episode of Cowboy Shit recorded from a burger on Wendy's fast food restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> so did you well, have you well, thanks for having me. You bet. Yeah. Thanks, Vanessa. We'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good. She's hanging on the wood Perfume is so strong Passed out and hit a can It's another great day In Barrel Racer Land Thanks again to Vanessa Salzberg For being on the show this week We appreciate the time I, uh, I enjoyed that I fun to girl, so, Yes, it's fun to, always fun to grill some barrel racers Love doing it, it is well. And speaking of barrel racers, man I had to ask you because I'm, I'm a little bit concerned Like you're, you're kicking some serious ass on TikTok. What do we got? 65,000 people on the TikTok right no, now? No, 70. We're over 70 now. 70. We just had our first million view TikTok. Really? Yeah. We said 1.2 million views. Nice work. So, yeah. so you're kicking some serious ass on TikTok, but I'm, I'm kind of concerned about your, your mental health. There's this bail racer girlfriend that continues to uh, make appearances in the video, it, but she's, uh, I don't know. I don't Me think wearing she, a towel on my head. But, but no, it's, uh, but you keep mentioning this, this barrel racer yeah. girlfriend, but mm-hmm. like, I know you've I don't had, have a girlfriend. Bar- yeah, they you've had barrel racer girlfriends in the past, but currently there is no girlfriend. So this is a bit so, of a, a bit a of a of my, thing. A lot of that, just, ta- all that content comes from I make sure you're okay. a, dating girl, dating horse girls. And also I grew up in a house of horse girls. Like I love my sister, horse girls as well. So I have everything, all of this stuff that I've made. I've experienced it. Like there's no making shit up. Like this is all like legit stuff that has happened to me in my life. So yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I love, I, I, I hate that I love them. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I rag on the horse girls so much, but I love them. So it's kind of a double-edged sword you could say, but I wouldn't, but you wouldn't say you're currently in love with one. Well, maybe you ask, I guess. Yeah. Oh, really? Possibly. <laughs> oh no, no, I don't know. Possibly. Dating sucks, man. Dating, dating in 2022 sucks. We talk about it lots. It's true. Mm. So, so what I wanted to say though is that despite what the videos say, if you're listening and you're considering being Wacy's girlfriend, don't hold back because uh, and don't be deterred because the barrel racer girlfriend is fictitious, and he yeah, might it's say all made up. he's not actually saying me mean things. He's just saying things that are uh, it comes from a place of love. Yeah, it comes from a place of love, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to make sure your mental well-being was okay, though. So I just—it's doing good, man. Yeah, thank you. I mean, otherwise, being hungover today, I'm kind of sad. Yeah, I'm, that's just I'm, one I thing. feel sad boy hours coming. Bad. Yeah, pro- you're probably gonna get the blues <laughs> here at some point today. But yeah, they're coming. I can feel that's them part of it. Way. When you have some yeah, good times, 
but that's dude, nice, yeah. to have, nice to have events back man big time dude I'm, that I'm, was that was the one i had that like time. that moment I had, at one point i had someone on my shoulders and i was like this is awesome like i love did she, music. did she use the payphone later yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but what but by payphone uh like not, not really pay not that other pay- Jeez, did, she, did she use the other payphone? No, no 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 that's funny but yeah uh, it was uh it's cool to be be back out and see to see people gathering together and having a good yeah, time yeah, it, was, yeah. it was great 100 it's good stuff it makes good me uh, excited it. for the summer to do more shit again oh man get me to any live music i can get to now i'm, I'm in i'm yeah. so in yeah Damn. i haven't been to a concert yet i've been to some hockey games but they're they haven't been really kicked back, kicked the concert no. back in yet. The, one, the only one I went, the first one I went to was Eric Church in October there, which yeah, was kind of like well, a weird timing ones. for it. Yeah, yeah, but it was that was really cool too because like the dome was rocking for that one. Like we were right oh, on yeah. the floor. That was when yeah. I fist bump Eric Church. I was one sick. of the only but, uh, shows that really was around last fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we kind of got shut down again there, but now it's I think we're on the upswing. It was cool. It was just like the whole weekend everybody was just you could just tell people were happy to be there like nobody yeah. was in a bad mood everybody was like no fight partying having a good time no fight just smiling nice. laughing having a having a blast yeah it was nice. sweet you had yeah. some from the from the top of the show we were going to come back to but i forget what that was that was with the million view tiktok that's it I, oh I okay that. yeah um and forgive me for not knowing because i'm not a tiktok expert well, which one was it for the people that haven't maybe seen it, it was the latest the latest uh turning things my horse girl girlfriend says while trying to catch your horse into oh yeah racial course Okay, I see. So, what were some yeah. of the highlights? Like, like give us give us the give us the rundown for those that haven't seen them yet, maybe yet. So, so I have what this I have this one series on TikTok that I take stuff that I've heard horse girls in my life say while trying to catch their horse I, and, and turn them in. And and have you ever done said them yourself? Oh, probably. Yeah. Probably, there's right? one. There was one today. There's one on the like. So I, I usually make like three or four different inspirational quotes out of them. So Is like, they, the you, know, like there, you can you know, like when you see like when you see an inspirational quote and they have like a really fancy yeah. like writing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I make that, make them into that. And then one, I think one of the ones I, I made for this latest one said, fuck you, you fucking fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I've definitely I said that this. to some, I, did I de- definitely did. Uh, I've said that to a few horses over the years. That's for sure. I was a fan of the, uh, of the, what was it? What was it about pickles? I like oh, that. Pickles, one. please come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Man, that could lead to a whole conversation about the best uh, horse names. Horse names, yeah. Pickles would be a, a fucking good horse. Wouldn't name. it be a good horse name? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Well, it probably is. Name. Like somebody would have to name the yeah. horse Pickles. My 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 Pick, non-existent pickles, girlfriend. Pickles, pickles come back. Please come back. Please. And then there was another one. Was like the please not today got a lot of got a lot of uh, uh, likes and peep comments on people who like that one. Where it's like oh, please dear. not today. We, man, there was like there's people who aren't even like horse girls or horse people who were commenting on it like oh yeah i want to print these off and put them in my in my school and all this kind of stuff like it's it was pretty it's pretty cool it was, it was, i was excited to see that it was a big where we, we i was kind of like watching it get closer and closer to a million and then as soon as we it hit we partied so hard oh yeah what was the celebratory <laughs> drink ah uh, i was beers? we were drinking beers spicy rums we had everything man it was crazy right it was uh i'm still on cloud That's nine great. the weekend it's i'm great, glad great times yeah man um it's good do you have anything else for this show or are we wrapping it up? I think we're good, man. We covered it all. Yeah. Check out our social medias and Check out the store, cowboy Give everyone another little rundown on, uh, on the horse expo. Yes. Yeah, so the horse expo, April 15th to 17th in Red Deer, Alberta, Western park. So it's the Western Canada's largest equine expo. So come check it out. We'll be there for a day cruising around, do some stuff. The cowboy shit arena has some really cool stuff going on and yeah, come check it out. As, as Teddy was saying, events are back. So let's, let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to the events and mm-hmm. looking forward to Caden Kelsey's wedding coming up. That'll be I'll be leaving for oh, that. Yeah, 
for the nice. next show. Hell yeah. Hits and uh stuff's yeah. happening, man. I guess we're if going. people are if people are uh wanting to check out our merch, we're in lots of stores. Um I don't know. Yeah. Cabochet.ca, like you said. Cabochet.ca, yeah. Cabochet officials. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. Once again, it's been Cowboy Shit. Thanks to our guest this week, Vanessa Salisbury. Thanks to the Horse Park. Check it out, Horse Park. Uh, no, Horse Expo. Oh, you're already on your phone. I guess you you checked out. No, I'm just taking a picture. Just take a picture oh. of us. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, anyways. <laughs> Not much. Thanks for listening, <laughs> yeah. folks. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>